Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That, that said it at the end. That was Bubba. Yeah. That was excellent advice coming from Bubba. Bubba, Bubba coming in in the clutch. See, and yes, uh, Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for Canty and Carlin here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. I don't even have time to get to all that because I want to get to this. Amber, if your husband came to you and said you should know better, let me know how you'd react. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh you'd be finding a new place to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the couch would be your friend for the next. You should know better is probably the worst. Worst advice someone could ever. Room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Um, anyways, yes. Hello, everyone. Shay Cornette, Amber Wilson filling in for Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. It is Thursday. We got Thursday night football tonight, which I know lately hasn't been that exciting. <laughs> but perhaps tonight, maybe there's a little more juice. You, you got DeAndre Hopkins coming back for the Cardinals. And hopefully they can turn something around tonight. I don't know, Amber, but we're going to hope this Saints-Cardinals game lives up to a little bit more of the billing of what the NFL has to offer than the last few weeks. In the meantime, a team that has not been living up to the billing of what they should be this season is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, You can point to a hundred different things, okay, to what the problem has been this year for the Bucs. But the reality of the situation is they've lost three out of their last four games, and their last game came to a team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that a week ago on that exact radio station they did that Bubba just mentioned on game day, Jordan and I were debating if the Steelers are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Bucks just lost to them. And so, to me, I think there's a lot of fingers to be pointed and a lot of people to be blamed, but the one person we seem to keep blaming Amber would be Tom Brady. Tom Brady was seen over the weekend chewing out his offensive line on national television. People had feelings about it. Moments ago, Tom Brady, the Buccaneers quarterback, talked about that very moment when he was chewing out his offensive line, and here's what he had to say. I think it's natural, you know, certainly when you lose a game. You know, if we won the game, it would be taken in a whole different context. So I think that, you know, me and my ability to, you know, uh, whether that's raise my voice at people or create a sense of urgency, I've that's just part of my style. I mean, I've done that for certainly a long period of time, and I think the guys up front know how much I care about them, and we have a lot of great conversations over the course of the week in our own individual meetings on the practice field where, you know, we, you know, they feel like they can say anything to me. I feel like I can say anything to them. So, you know, I think everyone's trying to work hard to put ourselves in a better position to win. You buying it, Amber? What do you think? Uh, it's funny because – Yes, of course the narrative would be different if, in fact, they had won that game. But also the narrative would be different if, in fact, he hadn't gone to Robert Kraft's wedding, right? Like, that was really the whole thing with Tom Brady yelling at his O-line. Because, Shay, we've seen Tom Brady. I mean, how many tablets have we seen the man break at this point? It's not like we haven't seen Tom Brady get very emotional during games we have. It just hit different in this scenario because we know that he was at this very – public wedding with this very famous individual who was the former owner of his team and because of that he missed this is a Saturday walk through practice and so everybody makes a big deal out of it hey how are you yelling at those guys when you weren't even there to do walk through with them well I guess the simple answer to that is that he's Tom Brady certainly if the yelling had worked if it had been that motivating force then we would be saying hey this is just the brilliance of Tom Brady this is Tom being such mm-hmm. a great leader because it didn't work because he was sacked twice because he was 10 of 21 in that game for just 100 110 yards and we're talking about the greatest to ever do it even if he's 45 years old we're not used to numbers like that we're not used to it looking like that and some of them were his mistakes I mean blatant mistakes bad throws we're not used to that Shay and I think because of all of that and then also 
we kind of maybe know that Tom Brady's going through some stuff in his personal life, and so we're reading into any emotion that we see probably unfairly on and off the field. All of that adds up to a lot of piling on to this situation. But the reality is this Tampa Bay O-line ain't great, and we shouldn't have expected it to be. I mean, Shay. Ali Marpet, Alex Kafka, uh, Ryan Jensen, Aaron Stinney. Like, these were the players that this O-line is missing. It is a whole new look O-line. And we overlooked it because they've got the greatest quarterback of all time and a couple of the greatest O-tackles in the league. But the reality is when you lose four players going into the season on your line, there are going to be growing pains, and there are that in Tampa. Yeah. I agree with you. And I remember after one injury was piling up on the next, I said this on SportsCenter one day. I was like, you think Tom Brady might reconsider this retirement thing? Because he didn't sign up for a decimated offensive line. And unfortunately, that's what he's gotten. Pressure has been an issue for him, okay? Only Kirk Cousins has a larger drop-off in QBR when pressured compared to when he's not pressured. And, and, And look, there are a few quarterbacks that can overcome that. And Tom Brady has historically been one of them. But he's just he's, – he hasn't been able to do that this year. And so, yes, I, I'm accustomed to seeing Tom Brady angry on the sideline. This isn't, like, brand-new video that I was watching. I really didn't care about it at all. I saw it happening. I'm like, oh, he's pissed again. <laughs> I would be too if I was listening to the Steelers. Right. I didn't think twice about it. But you're right. Had he not been at Robert Kraft's wedding – which, Robert Kraft, why are you having a wedding on a Friday night in the middle of the football so season? So strange. You've I mean, been in a football fall I wedding mean, come on. is so strange for you're just normal NFL folk. Only, if you exactly. don't even own a football team, what are we doing? Robert Kraft exactly like can we put a little blame on him <laughs> like he's owned a football team for multiple decades and yet he's having a Friday night in the middle of the football season wedding like that makes no sense to me but anyways that's neither here nor there not only that he's also off on Wednesdays he wasn't around for the end of training camp he didn't fly with his team like there's all these things that make people feel like bro should you really be the one chewing people out when you haven't really been all the way in on all of this but at the same time he's earned his stripes for that because of the amount of time he's already put into this football team, so or into the National Football League as a whole, I guess. So for me, I, I just think this is much to do about nothing, as Tom Brady kind of pointed out. If his team thinks that he's not fully invested, that's for them to decide in the locker room. At the end of the day, he's got seven Super Bowl rings, and I think if he wants to chew out his offensive line because he's on his back more than he's standing up lately, that needs to be his to do in the locker room. Um, Tom Brady, 0-5 passing to start the game on Sunday against the Steelers when he was under duress. Until that point in his last two games, Brady, 1-11 of passing under duress. So he's been bad under pressure, and that's partially because of his offensive line. Some on him, but if you're going to blame someone and you're going to get up underneath someone, those are the dudes, the guys that are in front. Robert Hainsley's one of those offensive linemen, and he said, it's no big deal that Tom Brady came to us. Take a listen. I love that from him. I know we all love that from him. It might look weird on TV, but that's football, and that's a, it's a team sport, and that's what you want from great teammates and great leaders, and he's the best there is. Um, Amber, so I worked at NFL Radio for a long time on Sirius XM, and Charlie Weiss was my co-host, and he used to be Tom Brady's offensive coordinator for a really long time. And I would these outbursts would happen, okay? It's happened forever. And I'd ask him about it, and he's like, this is who he is. This is who he's always been. He does this with the coaching staff. He does it with his players. That's why, that's why we label him the greatest of all time, because he's able to motivate, and he's able to see things sometimes that other players can't. That's what happens when you've been in the league for that long. And so for me, I think this is just – Again, much to do about nothing, but we're all talking about it because we feel like there have been other distractions this year.
Yeah, I mean, they had a rookie left guard replacing Aaron Stinney when he went down with injury. And there's no way when you're talking about players that young or players coming into this line that maybe didn't anticipate being starters this season that they're going to see the, the game the same way that Tom Brady at 45 years old sees the game. So, of course, there's going to be some frustrations there. And, Shay, it's not like he yelled at his line that they're terrible. He yelled at his line that he knows they can do better, right? Like that he's trying to get the most out. You're so much better than this. I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but I believe it was something to that effect. And so that's not quite the same as saying, like, you're awful, you're terrible, you're never going to amount to anything. It's, hey, I know you guys can do better than this. I know you got it in you. Let's go. And that's his motivating force. No one has earned their stripes more than Tom. Brady nobody oh. and the truth is Shay it, I mean you know this as well as me life ain't always fair and sometimes that's okay right like sometimes yeah. if you're the greatest to ever do it at whatever you do you get a few perks like sure you get some I Wednesdays agree. off you know yeah I agree and also like come on if, if so, like if my boss yells at me if our producer yells at me about something like Shay you could be better this this and this I'm like all right, am I, like, going to run away and cry about it? I'm going to be like, I need to be better. Like, this is the way he addresses people, and this is the way he addressed and me. And didn't make me all the time. That's what I'm know? saying. Like, yeah, we're used to this. Yeah, there's nothing needs to do better. Let's <laughs> See? Yeah, just you, Amber. Amber See, there we go. There, there we go. This is the prime. You know, like, this is life. Like, this is how life works. Everyone handles situations differently. And this whole situation, who cares? I mean, and this weekend we're going to see more of the same if this Buccaneers team can't figure out how to get this ish together because they stink as of lately good for them though coming up they've got the carolina panthers on the road and then they're home against the baltimore ravens so maybe they got a get right game i guess this weekend against a divisional opponent you can be a part of canteen carlin nation on the dr pepper call online call us 888-SAY-ESPN that's 888-729-3776 ESPN nation is presented by dr pepper it ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the ones fans deserve again amber wilson shay Cornette filling in for canty and carlin here on espn radio and the question is who is a bigger disappointment is it the cardinals or is it the saints that's after amber has this from bosley guys if you're suffering from hair loss or worried about your hair you've got to check out bosley america's number one hair restoration experts the sooner you take action the more options that you'll have for keeping and restoring your hair Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep your hair and have it grow thicker fuller where you need it most. Right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and $250 gift card towards a procedure. All you have to do is text CARLIN to 203-203. You don't want to wait when it comes to hair loss. Just get the information and learn what you can do to keep your hair growing. People trust Bosley. They are truly the leaders in hair restoration. They have the most experience restoring hair, hair and experience matters. So what are you waiting for? Get your free Bosley info kit and $250 in gift cards when you text Carlin to 203-203. Again, Carlin, 203-203. Get your hair back with Bosley. All right, we got Thursday Night Football tonight, TNF, and we're all hoping for better games than we've seen the last few weeks. I feel like I can say that like with my chest out because I'm a Bears fan and I had to sit through the disaster that was over the last few weeks, okay? And I had to sit there dialed in, detailed, and focused. And so tonight it's the Saints and the Cardinals. And look, the Saints, wildly underachieving. Cardinals are as well, but the Cardinals get a little bit of a gift tonight. They get DeAndre Hopkins back. He was serving a six-game suspension for violating the National Football League's PED policy. So he comes back. 
And if you think about what DeAndre Hopkins has been able to provide over the last decade to the, in the National Football League, it's been it's been dynamic, Amber. Um, in 2020, he caught 115 passes for over 1,400 yards, six touchdowns. That was his first seasons with the Cardinals, but he's been kind of plagued by injuries. And so tonight, I know Kyler Murray and this entire squad that are, are again, underachieving for what they we all thought that they would be this season. They need him to have that 2020 version of himself. Well, they need him desperately because, of course, they don't have Hollywood Brown. They bring in Robbie Anderson, but I don't know how excited you can get about that, frankly. And is he, like, caught up to speed? I mean, that happened in, like, a blink of an eye. Well, <laughs> like, Robbie Anderson's the- here. Right. Well, <laughs> listen, I think because Robbie Anderson got kicked out of Carolina, right? Like, he literally, literally got kicked out of the game, and then now he's in Arizona. So, yes, he's probably not with speed. Also, he wasn't having a very good season in Carolina, so I don't really know how excited I actually forgot. You. I actually forgot about the Robbie Anderson thing. Like, he was kicked out of the game, and now he's, like, in Arizona ready to play on Thursday night. We're just going to assume he's, like, going to be thrown into the mix? Like, what is going on? I, I don't know. And who knows what, frankly, DeAndre Hopkins is going to look like either. But what we do know is Kyler Murray's QBR – is 45 without Hopkins during the past couple seasons. It's 69 with him. I mean, this was Kyler Murray's number one target. This is his guy. And so certainly getting him back, assuming that he looks like the same DeAndre Hopkins, is going to be, you would assume and presume, a huge help to this Cardinals team. And boy, do they need it, Shay. Hey, I'm with you. I guess the one saving grace for this Cardinals squad tonight going up against the Saints, for one, I have no idea if Jameis Winston is playing. Like, there's been... There's been no say as to whether or not he's in or not. And then I I don't know who they're throwing the ball to. That entire receiving core is injured or banged up at some point today or at some point this week. And so that is the one saving grace, I think, for the Cardinals as they have to go up against the Saints team that, again, wildly underachieving two squads that are two and four thus far today. And so we'll see what happens later on tonight. Back to the the Cardinals, though, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. This is a Cardinal squad that should be able to get things moving. This Saints team ranks 17th in yards allowed and 29th in points allowed. If you can't find a way to put points on a board with a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back in the fold, you're in real trouble and it's time to panic in Arizona. Well, and I, listen, I think some Arizona fans are already panicking because it seems like they have their problems, certainly outside of this receiver position. But what DeAndre Hopkins does also, of course, take pressure off the other guys that are there. And so it gives Kyler Murray that extra added weapon, even Even if he doesn't utilize it, it'll open up some of these other weapons that he has on the field. It should be a huge boost. It should be a boost that he's familiar with. And the Saints team, you mentioned bad defensively, bad offensively. I mean, they've been underachieving, but they certainly have their problems in terms of all the injuries. You mentioned Jameis Winston there. Ed Werder is reporting. He just put out on Twitter uh, that... Jameis Winston is active as QB3. It is Andy Dalton who is getting the start for the Saints tonight. Oh, yes. The savior, Andy Dalton. How could I forget? Only quarterback to lose five straight primetime starts by 17 or more points since 1970. Red (laughs) Rocket's going to come in and save the day for the Saints tonight. And yet they have Jameis Winston listed as QB3. So what are they going to do? If things go bad as they have been already for the Saints, you're going to put them in there last minute? This makes no sense to me at all. I mean, they're such a beat-up team, right? Michael Thomas. Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Jameis Winston, Marshawn Latimer. I mean, we didn't see any of those guys play last week, but 
now they actually still could have beat the Bengals in that game, right? They didn't trail until about two minutes remaining in that game. So if there's some good news for the Saints, I guess it's that. I wasn't one, Shay, who was high on the Saints team. I feel like I was the only one at ESPN that was not high on the Saints team as we went into the season because you had the Bart Scotts and Joe Fortenballs of the world having the Saints in the Super Bowl, and I never really understood it. But even I can say, as somebody who's been a bit of a Saints hater for whatever reason, that I can't fully evaluate this team right now because of all the injuries. Yeah, you've got Jameis Winston who's coming off an injury. He's been banged up already so far this season. Look, whenever you lose a Hall of Fame coach like Sean Payton, obviously that's going to that's gonna be an issue. And then obviously all of the injuries to the wide receivers have been a problem throughout the entirety of this very short season thus far. You draft a guy like Chris Olave thinking that he's going to be able to step in right away. He hasn't been able to do that. The veteran in Jarvis Landry hasn't been around because he's been injured as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, adding Tyron Matthew and Marcus May you thought would give you a boost and it hasn't done anything for you as I just listed off the defensive numbers. So the Saints really are, are, are having – a terrible season and in what could be a very gettable conference or division rather considering the way the Buccaneers have been playing and how absolutely lousy the Panthers are and the Falcons I have no idea what to make of them so on the other side the Cardinals it's now or never dudes like you got to figure out a way you got your guy back you've got no more excuses and so for the Cardinals tonight they need to figure this thing out because it doesn't get a lot easier they got to go to Minnesota and then they've got divisional games against Seattle and the Rams and I would say those would be a shoo-in but Seattle has proven to have a very good offense with Geno Smith leading the way and if the if the uh, if the Rams can figure out a run game and a little bit of defense man they'd be able to knock off the Cardinals too so it's now or never tonight is the night they got to figure this thing out also more on Andy Dalton who again is going to be the starter tonight for the Saints teams quarterbacked by Andy Dalton have lost 11 straight primetime road games that's by far the longest streak since 1970 I feel a little bad I feel like I'm piling on Andy we Dalton are now. just taking a flamethrower Andy <laughs> Dalton for no reason uh tonight maybe he'll turn it all around tonight for the Saints you, you mentioned the Cardinals there it's funny because when you started this conversation about Thursday night football we teased which team has been more disappointing and that's mm-hmm. not an easy task I don't think evaluating that I would say Shay it's the Cardinals up to this point just because we are talking about the team that started what 7-0 and last season was it mm-hmm. they were the best mm-hmm. team in the league at least record wise for a significant portion the problem with the Cardinals is that we always say they can't finish well apparently in 2022-23 they can't start and that seems very problematic for the team that can't finish so I would say that I, I, I would have my hand even closer to the panic button if I was a Cardinals fan probably than a Saints fan right now. Hey, I hear you. Um, Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Shea Cornette, Amber Wilson, again, filling in for the guys here. We're all the way <laughs> till 7 p.m. Eastern, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. The question is, though, not only who's in a worse shape, but who needs a win more tonight? Is it the Cardinals or is it the Saints? And the one person who predicted the Packers' downfall, we'll tell you about it next. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Andy and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Shay Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys this afternoon, evening, technically maybe still morning, depending on where you're listening to us from. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can call us on the Dr. Pepper call line. The phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We got a caller on that Dr. Pepper call line. His name is Knuckles, and he's in North Carolina. What's going on, Knuckles? Hey, how y'all doing? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm just wondering why uh, the Vikings, I mean, they're killing it except for when they played the Eagles, but they're not getting any respect. <laughs> um, well, Everybody keeps talking about the, the Buccaneers and the Packers and all that to win the NFC. Um, see, like, I, I don't mind this argument. I'm like land of the NFC North because I'm a Bears fan and I covered the Bears and the Packers and the Vikings for a really long time in the Lions. Um, for one, I think it's the worst division in football, the NFC North. That's probably why. For two, they totally got embarrassed, as you mentioned, against the Philadelphia Eagles, which has proven to be the norm thus lately. And then who have they played? I mean, the Green Bay has stunk. We've seen that. Okay, cool. They got a good win against them. They stunk against the Eagles. They beat Detroit, who have, what, two wins on the season. New Orleans is awful. Chicago could have the first pick in the draft. And then the Dolphins have been banged up and were completely uh, banged up. So I feel like it's just been the lack of strength of schedule, if you will, um, and then the division they play in. But I, I mean, everybody everybody recognizes they're sitting at 5-1. and one, But you're absolutely right. It's the opponents. I mean, they, they were outgained 458 to 234 against a Dolphins team that was starting a third-string rookie quarterback that, oh, by the way, got injured in that game. And, yes, the Vikings went on to win that game. Congratulations, Vikings. I mean, that's what we're talking about, Shay, when we're talking about these matchups. So it's just hard to, to truly buy into them, although they have one of the best records in the league as one of the best teams in the league yet we just haven't seen it yeah I, I agree and they have so many they have so many weapons but Kirk Cousins is still their quarterback and he needs to prove himself in prime time this is a conversation we could go on for a long time with but instead let's welcome in Rob Ninkovich he's our ESPN NFL analyst joining us here on Canteen Carlin with Shea Cornette and Amber Wilson hey Rob what's going on good afternoon Thursday night football tonight which we know has been a little bit of a snoozer lately but maybe things can turn around with the Saints and the Cardinals this season this evening who needs a win more at this point is it the Saints or the Cardinals Man, oh, that's a tough one because I think both teams are struggling right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to say the Cardinals are probably in more of a dire need considering they only have two wins on the season. Um, they don't want to lose another one. Their division's pretty much wide open. Everyone's 3-3. Three and three, So um, I think that if you were to look at the Saints and the Cardinals, 
just based on where the, what they've performed and where they're looking or how they've looked and where they're going, I'd say the Cardinals have to win tonight. Nink, I want to go back to what we were just discussing when we brought you in because we had a caller that was taking issue with the fact that the Minnesota Vikings aren't getting enough attention. Obviously, they are sitting at 5-1 and one on the season, but it's hard to buy into them when you look at the competition they faced. Are you one who buys into them? Well, you know, it's pretty early still. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say that the Vikings are going to be the playoff run type football team considering we're in only week seven, but – you know, I would agree with the caller that they're not getting probably the hype that they should, considering all we want to talk about is the Packers and the Cowboys. So um, the the Vikings have slowly kind of crept into the top of that division, and they potentially could win the division over the Packers, considering the Packers are 3-3 three and three and they look absolutely terrible. Talking to Rob Nikovich right now, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us at KTE Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornett, Amber Wilson, filling in for the guys this afternoon. Okay, you brought up the Packers. Let's go there because you were the one that predicted Packers would actually lose to the Jets last week. So what did you see in those Jets or what did you see in those Packers that had you feeling that way and then you were ultimately right? Well, the Jets are kind of that scary young team that are uber talented. So, you know, that that's a team that, on any given Sunday, if everything's firing on the right cylinder, like they're, they're a really good football team. Uh, but on the flip side of that, things can go wrong. If you have turnovers or, you know, the quarterback just kind of slinging the ball into double coverage, we've seen that in the past as well. Um, but then you look at the, the Packers, and their defense was supposed to be the backbone of this, this team, and they've been very porous. Uh, the questions about the receiving core, they're still there. Then you look at the special teams. They give up a block punt and a field goal. So when you, when you have bad phases in all three phases, then that's a recipe for a disastrous uh, outing. And, and I think that that's what happened against the Jets. The Jets were hungry. They were playing fast and aggressive. And they were able to take advantage of those mistakes that the Packers made offensively, defensively, and special teams. So the Jets are a team that's young. Uh, they certainly can cause some upsets here, but is the way that they're winning sustainable? You know, I think that the way that they're winning is buildable. So you can build confidence through the way that they've been winning these football games. Um, when you're that young, when you average, when your average age is what, 24, 25 years old on the roster, you know, there's so much room for improvement and growth and confidence that, when you start to win and you look at yourself in the mirror and the head coach is telling you, look, look, if we do this the right way and we take care of the football and we run our best stuff against whoever we may be playing, we're good enough to win. That's infectious. And it starts to become, you know, one of the moments where the team builds on that confidence. So the Jets could continue to grow here. And I mean, it, you can't deny the, the talent that they have on this roster. Talking to Rob Ningovich right now, ESPN NFL analyst, Shay Cornett, Amber Wilson here with you. All right, Rob, uh, let's go to the controversial subject that is one Tom Brady. Um, because he said today he didn't think it was a big deal that he was laying into his offensive line. He also made a note today that he's nowhere close to retiring. You can take all these things for what you will, but the reality of the situation is that the Buccaneers are, bri- are bad, and they've been bad. Can you rely on Brady to right the ship? What do you make of – I don't want to call it his antics, but I have no better word right now at this moment – over what's happened over the last week well you know i don't have any issues with um you know him laying into the offensive line that doesn't bother me whatsoever um you know there's moments when you're gonna 
gather up a team and try and motivate them. I think that's what he was trying to do is to motivate his offensive line to be better because he thought that they could play better, which they can. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you got Tom Brady. Listen, I think he's done enough to where we can all respect the fact, like, wow, he's at 45. He's still playing at a high level. He can still make all the throws. Now it's going to come down to the team. Like, can this team, number one, protect them because he's been getting hit? Um, can the defense play better than they have been playing? Um, can some of the guys that have been missing with health stuff, can they get back into the mix? And then can they go on a run? I think that if, when you add all that together, there's more yes answers than no. So for me, I, I still think that they're a dangerous football team and they could go on a run. They're three and three. A lot of other teams are three and three. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But I think that the, the optics of him yelling at his offensive line it wasn't individualized. It wasn't towards a single person. It was the group, which I have no issues with. Nick, no quarterback controversy in Dallas. After all, Dak is supposed to return on Sunday versus the Lions. What do you think that that's going to mean for the offense of the Cowboys? Uh, you know, I think the Cowboys are probably going to stick to what they've been doing the last five weeks. That's being very good on the ground, running the football they would be silly to go away from the style of play that they have been under with Cooper Rush. So you take the fact that Cooper Rush has come in, done a great job, given you a great shot to, to salvage your season after you lose your starting quarterback. And you also can kind of go lean on that system and offense. And then you put Dak back in the mix could take a few more shots down the field because he does have a, a, a cannon for an arm and he's a little bit more dynamic in the pocket, moving around, scrambling for first down. So I think that with the addition of Dak, they're going to be a better football team if they can continue to play at the same level that they were with Cooper Rush. No doubt. And they're going up against the Lions on Sunday, a team that likes to score a lot of points, doesn't like to stop a lot of plays, which should bode well, hopefully, for Dak Prescott and this Cowboys offense. Rob, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great evening. See you later. That's Rob Ninkovich, our ESPN NFL analyst. Joining us here in Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Shea Cornette, Amber Wilson here with you, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, we saw two former number one overall picks return from long absences in very different ways. We'll talk about it next here in Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Thank you to Dan Schulman here on ESPN Radio for that call. And then the Astros would actually go on to win. They would take game one of the series 
in the ALDS or ALCS, excuse me. And so they would win the game four to two. And, and when you look at this, I mean, it seems pretty simple to me, Amber. You can't score two runs and beat the Houston Astros. And I think we've already seen this story before. You're going to have to keep up pace with them in terms of runs and in terms of home runs. And they need more production, obviously, to do that. Four to two, it ain't going to cut it. You need to score five or more runs to figure this thing out. And so hopefully they'll be able to do that tonight. Game two, by the way, this evening, we know the Yankees have not had a break due to all the weather issues that they had in their first series against the Guardians. And so they are just on a roll. And I actually think, Amber, sometimes that bodes well for teams when you don't have that break. I'm going to relate this back to football, but sometimes bye weeks would come when teams would be on you know, some sort of stretch or some have all this momentum and then they, they would falter. And so maybe for the Yankees, this is actually a good thing that they can just kind of keep going. They don't have time to sit and think, but what they need to figure out is how to have a little bit more power behind their lineup. Yeah, and they're not going to get any breaks. And like we're seeing the break tonight in Phillies Padres, it's interesting because, of course, there used to be that other break as well after game five. We don't get it because of the lockout earlier this year, so they took away that second break in the ALCS and the ALDS. So that's going to be interesting. These series are going to be different because of that. Some of it's going to come down to depth and bullpen, maybe more so this year than ever before because of that. But you're talking about, you know, the lack of scoring. Then, of course, you're right. You have a point, except for maybe the Yankees have an excuse. They land in Houston at 2 a.m. Some of that may be a bit of a hangover for them. You know, you are talking about the best hitting team in the AL this season. They hit more run home runs than any other team in the majors. And with, even with all of that whiffing there in game one, the Yanks still kept it the score within two runs, Shay. So I guess if you look at it from that perspective, if you consider that it was an 0-4 night from Aaron Judge and that they still were within those two runs, and oh, by the way, you're going against Verlander and his Cy Young-worthy brilliance, then I think if you're a Yankees fan, you feel pretty good that you could turn things around here in game two. Yeah, for sure. A good news, I guess, for Yankees fans. Framber Valdez is going up, or will be on the bump tonight. He's a lefty, and you would hope that that would help them in terms of their lineup with so many right-handed pitchers. So maybe a lefty tonight for the Strohs being on the bump would would, would give them a little bit of a little bit of a boost for the Yankees. Luis Severino, Luis Severino rather, is on the bump for them again. It's game two tonight, seven thirty-seven Eastern is the first pitch. Looking forward to it. We've got more Canty and Carlin coming up right now. Thank you to ESPN New Orleans for that. Zion Williamson back in the building. Back like he left. It had been like 300 million days or something since we had last seen Zion actually play in a regular season game, and it felt good to have the one-namer back. We only got a few one-namers in the NBA. We got LeBron. We've got Zion. We've got – I got no one else at the top of my mind. Uh, Kawhi. There you go. Giannis, there. Thank you. I needed a little help, Evan. I appreciate that. And so add Zion to the list. So when he's playing, I think it is better, obviously, for the brand of basketball. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and coming through your smart speakers. All you got to do is say play ESPN Radio. I'm Shay Cornette, Amber Wilson, also filling in for the guys here this evening, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So Zion Williamson back, and he played very well last night. <clears throat> and And again, we hadn't seen him play in so long. You can tell, obviously, Amber, he's lost some weight. He feels good. He talked about that leading up into the season. But just, I think, to have him on the floor, have success, have the Pelicans come away with a win, obviously, it, it was good to see overall. It was good to see. Uh, I think what it was good to see is that he looked healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that 
is really what we're all watching so closely, Shay, this season. Because at this point, Zion Williamson has played in 86 career games. I mean, 86. And when we've seen him, he's been brilliant in snippets. The problem isn't what we've seen from Zion Williamson when he's out there and healthy. The problem is we've seen so little of it because he's never out there and healthy. And so if I'm a Pelicans fan, that's what I feel great about. And then the fact that you finally get to see Williamson with Ingram and with McCollum and and that that core wasn't able to play together in the preseason at all. That's what you're vying for if you're a Pelicans fan. We know how good they looked, frankly, at times without Zion. And now if you're able to bring Zion into the mix and if he can actually stay healthy for the entire season, but I'll believe it when I see it because that has been such an issue for him throughout his career so far in the NBA. And I just tentatively hopeful that Zion Williamson, frankly, is ever going to pan out to be the Zion Williamson that we all expected, even with the flashes of brilliance, even with the, you know, he's had 45 games with at least 20 points in the paint and all that. Like even with all the numbers that Zion has given us in the limited time we've seen him, it's just so limited. I always get nervous about where this is going. Yeah, and, and look, if, it's hard to kind of pick, like, big moments for Zion in the league because there hasn't been a lot of them. But that doesn't mean we can't kind of cherry pick. And I pulled out some some stats. And, by the way, last night, in case you missed the game, the Pelicans did uh, beat the Brooklyn Nets 130-108. And Zion was really good in 25 points. He had uh, nine rebounds, six of them defensive rebounds, by the way, four steals. I mean, he was great. He, he was great. Uh, Brennan Ingram scored 28 points, but those two led the way with the most points scored. And, again, it led to a Pelicans win. The Nets looked horrendous but that's a subject for just a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, I, I kind of cherry-picked some games, and he's been good in those big kind of spots. His NBA debut against San Antonio, he had 22.7 boards in 18 minutes. Um, his first game against an NBA like Blue Blood, which was Boston, 21 points, 11 boards, his first career double-double. Um, first game against uh, first game as a rookie against the defending West champs and the Warriors, 28.7 boards. My point is, in these big moments, he's shined. And, and to your point, Amber, now we need to see the longevity of a season and for how long it is. And him, yes, maybe you have a load management day here or there, but you got to kind of keep up with this pace. Him looking healthy, though, I think is a really good start for a Pelican squad that has such a good young core. His supporting cast is so great. Brennan Ingram, 25 years old. He scored over 22 points per game in all three seasons that he's been with New Orleans. Now you've got C.J. McCollum in the fold. He's around 30 years old. I think he's 31 years old. Um, And he played fantastic in every game. I think he had 26 games last year with New Orleans. Over 24 points scored. Would have been a career best if it was extended a full season, but it was not. Larry Nance, 10 boards, 36 minutes for his career. Herb Jones, young, 24, a blocking machine. And then you've got Valanchunas, obviously, who has 54 playoff games on his resume. And so the guys around him can make him better if he can just find a way to withstand, withstand the whole entire season and be healthy. Let's hear from Zion, though, after the game last night on how good it feels to be back in the fold. Seems like such a nice kid, doesn't he? I mean, on top of all these other things that we're obviously giving him uh, flowers for, like he just seems like such a good, 
a good person. So I do hope that it it works out for him and, and New Orleans, and and they find a way to utilize him, and and he continues to be a, a mainstay there, healthy, obviously, and in the fold. I really I really hope that for him, Amber. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been roses with Zion Williamson. There has been some questions, right, about conditioning, questions about dedication, questions about how much he wants to be in New Orleans, whether he's looking ahead to different markets down the line. I mean, there's been those questions with him. This certainly him being back on the court, though, him looking in shape, him looking healthy. This is the first time that core three has played together for more than 20 minutes, including practices, McCollum said last night after the game. So them learning to gel, this will go a long way to quieting any of those concerns around Zion. And hey, without Zion last year, the Pelicans were a sneaky, decent team, and they didn't even have him on the floor. If they can continue on that trajectory with that core that we laid out earlier, that that could bode well, obviously, for this squad. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. We've got a lot of NBA to talk about because it feels like we're already in the swing of a midseason form. We're not. It's only been two nights since the NBA off and running. We'll dive more into that. But also, we got a lot coming up here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. Again, Shea Cornett and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. Coming up next, we're going to dive back into the NFL. You don't want to miss it because we've got a game tonight, folks. We'll be right back. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.